Good afternoon, everyone. I'm here to announce that nap time is about to commence. <laughs> okay, so feel free. It's been a few years since I've been here, and it would be very remiss of me if I didn't say a little something about Marvin before starting my lesson. He and his brother played a very special role in my life, in my spiritual journey. These were two men who were the salt of the earth. They didn't have to talk scripture to me. It was by their sheer actions, the sincerity, the love, that spoke volumes about their Christianity. When I take a look amongst the congregation this morning or this afternoon, it's a legacy that is left behind. Four wonderful children who are very active in the church, and what's even more joyous is their children and their children who are active in the church. How many can say, a congregation here. It's a testimonial to a man and his wife, Melda, who held the Lord so dear in their heart. Three quarters of this congregation are family of the Ingalls. Both Wern and Marvin. Two wonderful souls and I'll miss you, Marvin. But I can just imagine the brothers having a go at each other in paradise. <laughs> Boy, could they, if those two were together, it was a riotous time. So <clears throat> I just want to share that and pay my respects to Marvin and the legacy he leaves behind. This past year, I'm sure, has been very trying for not only a nation like ours, but the world around. Man likes to think that he has in total control all the time, that he can control each and every aspect of our lives. God hit the pause button last year, January. And those of the faith, I can only talk about Sue and myself. And this might sound strange, but it was most wonderful year for us, for our spiritual growth. It helps one refocus what is truly important in one's lives. And those of us who were of the faith had a much easier time compared to those of the world. Those of the world didn't have the lifeline, the comfort that the Lord offers us during times like that. There was so much anxiety, depression, frustration, anger, 
especially among those of the world. But we, talking about Sue and myself, there were so many cong we had to shut down the church at Itasca because the demographics of our congregation uh, is pretty old. It should give you some idea that they look at Sue and I as the young ones of the congregation. So that should put in perspective the age of our members. So we shut down last March. And for the past 14 months, we've been doing virtual services, like many of the congregations around the U.S. It was only three weeks ago that we opened our church for the first time for face-to-face lessons getting together and it's been wonderful. But in that one year of attending various congregations and their virtual services helped us, helped me and Sue tremendously in not only getting to know members but having a deeper understanding of God's word. As most of you know, we can all read the Lord's Word in the Bible all by ourselves. And we'll get quite a bit out of it. But it's so much better when we can share and learn from each other. Because each of us at our various stages of spiritual growth and it's through our life experiences that we learn the word of the Lord to truly harvest the rich meaning. As the scripture tells us, he reveals us, he reveals his truth as we get more into it. Someone said it's like an onion, you peel a layer back at a time to get a better understanding. The topic I was given this more this afternoon was laying your burdens at the feet of the Lord. And truly, during this time of the pandemic, global pandemic, those of, who, of us who were in the faith were much more successful in leaving our burdens at the feet of the Lord and gaining peace from him. <clears throat> A good example is that of Hannah. In first Samuel, I mean in Samuel chapter one and two, Hannah was in great distress, wasn't she? She longed to have a child. She was constantly provoked about not having a child. So what does Hannah do? Does she blame her husband? No. Instead, she goes to the Lord in prayer, in intense prayer. She pours out her soul to the Lord. 1 Samuel chapter 1 verse 15. Think for a moment 
of a pitcher filled with water. This, this pitcher represents our life and the water represents our burdens. Wow, that pitcher sure is heavy when it's filled full with our burdens. <clears throat> but as we go to the Lord, we try to empty that picture through our prayers. Lord, help me. Since the picture is so heavy, we get tired of holding it. We keep going back to the Lord in prayer and leaving some behind. A little while later, maybe hours, maybe days, we return to the Lord in conversation with our picture of burden still in tow. And that picture seems even heavier than before because of the weight. Hannah gives us a wonderful description of what she did with her burden. She poured out her soul before the Lord. She wasn't about to walk away until she told God everything on her heart regarding the matter. She wasn't about to leave that place until she had spent every ounce of her energy, strength, dignity explaining the need, explaining her need to the God, to God. Hannah took the water picture of burdens and poured it out, every last drop. She held nothing back and stood before God, holding her water pitcher upside down with tears falling down her cheek as she dumped it all at Jesus' feet. When you think of the concept of laying your burdens at the feet of Jesus, it seems like a very, it's a hard concept in the sense it is not very tangible. The burdens are not very tangible. Leaving at God's feet is not very tangible. We are born and brought up to trust our five senses. Anything that calls for trusting something that we cannot touch, feel, smell, <coughs> see, it's very difficult to do. That's where our faith comes in. Trusting the Lord. We are a very impatient bunch, aren't we? As children of God, we, we want everything and especially now. Lord forbid if the internet is a little slow. Oh, boy. It causes a great, great amount of stress and frustration. That's the nation we have become. It's not just true here, it's true globally. The more we have, the less appreciation we have for the things that we do have. It's so much easier to take things for granted. When we go to Lord in prayer, we want the answer to our prayer now. How long did Abraham had to wait for God's promise to give him that from his seed would come many nations? How long did it take? <clears throat> Anyone? He was 75. 
And by the time he had his son from Sarah, he was 100. How long were the Jews in Egypt when God promised that he would lead them to the promised land, to their own land? 400 plus years. That's why it's not easy when we go to the Lord in prayer because we expect human nature, we expect an answer to our prayers pretty soon. And if that is the mindset that we have, we'd be very dis disappointed. It, we might even <clears throat> weaken a lot in our faith. What is the concept of time when compared to God's timeline? A thousand years to him could be just a blink of an eye. Our faith is based on, says, we have to be patient. <clears throat> Trust in the Lord. Take our burdens to him. And pour it all at his feet. And also, as we all know, when we go to in prayer for certain things, they may never be answered. Because our Lord knows what is best for us. We think we do, but we are sadly mistaken. Our Heavenly Father has, our Creator, has a much better idea as to what is good for us. <clears throat> so leaving that burdens at his feet might not be as simple as we think it is. But with our spiritual growth it is very much possible. Another example. How about the young rich man? Matthew chapter 19. Let me read a few verses from there. Matthew 19 verse 16 through 24. And behold, a man came up to him, saying, Teacher, what good deed must I do to have eternal life? And he said to him, Why do you ask me about what is good? There is only one who is good. If you would enter life, keep the commandments. He said to him, Which ones? And Jesus said, You shall not murder, you shall not commit adultery, you shall not steal, you shall not bear false witness. Honor your father and mother and you shall love your neighbor as yourself. The young man said to him, All these I have kept. What do I still lack? Jesus said to him, If you would be perfect, 
Go sell what you possess and give to the poor and you will have treasure in heaven. And come follow me. When the young man heard this, he went away sorrowful, for he had great possessions. And here, Jesus was asking a young man to drop it. Drop all the possessions that you have. Give them away. Sell. Give it to the poor. Because what do possessions do? They burden us. They divert our attention from what is truly important. They slow us down in our walk towards the Lord. They distract us. While the issue of riches is central to this passage, be careful not to focus, as the disciples do, on riches alone. <clears throat> Truly in the Gospels, Jesus teaches God's priority for the poor. Nevertheless, this story is really not about the issue of wealth. It is about us trusting in God's ability to save. We don't know what the kingdom of God is until we let go of the priorities that we are ourselves establish. We think we know what is best for us. Unless we are able to give up that control to the Lord, it's not going to help us spiritually. Jesus loving Jesus' love includes a challenge which we today must bring ourselves to figure out as to what we don't go away from Jesus, grieving a loss greater than we can ever comprehend because we give more importance to holding on to stuff than truly what is the most important thing in our spiritual life, which is eternal life, being joint heirs with Christ. That's truly a prize which we can't even comprehend. But we have to trust that because it was a promise made to us. And to realize that promise, we need to unstuff ourselves. We need to have one clear mission, one clear goal, one clear objective. And that is to grow closer to the Lord. To be a more willing servant. To trust in him implicitly. As difficult and as contrary to our personal lives that it is sometimes. We are very, very rich but we are also very poor. <clears throat> Compared to other countries we have it all. What absolutely boggles my mind, I have been fortunate enough in my job to have traveled around the world. And when I hear people complain, Sue, may I have my bottle of water? When I hear people complain how hard they have it in this country, 
they have no idea how fortunate, how much we have, how blessed this nation of ours is compared to other countries. Even a country right across the border, Mexico. But it's also a curse. When you're so richly blessed, there's so many things vying for our attention that draws away from God. There's so many temptations that claw on us and for our attention. Here we drive comfortable cars from here to the corner store and heaven forbid if we can't find a parking space right in front of the door. <coughs> in our ministry for the Lord, it, what is really important that uh, is to view this ministry of ours has a privilege given to us. It's an honor to work for the Lord. Because we've been blessed with that opportunity to vie for that wonderful goal of life eternal. Nothing of this world can get us there except our obedience to doing God's will. As a person lets go of all the material things, slowly they become lighter and lighter, emptying themselves to the marvelous things of the Spirit and begin to understand what's it all about. The issue of wealth does not impact our spiritual health, not because of what we have, but because of what we don't want to let go. It is true then as well as now that money becomes a God for many, but the real emphasis in this gospel is on God's grace. When Jesus says, it is very difficult for a rich man to get into heaven, he didn't say it's impossible. It's very difficult. Difficult being because we tend to worship money instead of God. We are totally distracted. The shock and sadness of this rich young man is that because of his refusal to accept the call of Christ that is before him, he has missed the opportunity for a true blessing in the now, which is that of <coughs> attaining the ultimate goal. <clears throat> tell you a little story. One day a little girl went shopping with her mother. Her daddy gave her a couple of dollars to do uh, a couple of dollars to buy whatever she wanted and she ch chose a shiny little necklace with shiny beads that looked like pearls. Her daddy was so... Imp and this girl wouldn't let go. 
of this little necklace with pearls, wouldn't take them off, she slept with it, she took a bath with it, she went everywhere with it. Her daddy was so impressed by her attachment to the pearls that one evening, as he was tucking her into bed, she said, I love you, daddy. He asked, will you give me a pearl necklace? She looked at him and making a little pout, turned away. A, f a few nights later, the same thing. Love you, baby. Love you, daddy. Will you give me a pearl necklace? No. And a little tear appeared at the corner of her eye. A few nights later, the same thing. Love you, baby. Love you, daddy. Will you give me a pearl necklace? This time, the little girl took it off and said, Here, daddy. I love my pearl necklace. But I love you more. Take it. And then her daddy reached into his pocket and took out a velvet box and handed it to her. She opened it and saw an even more beautiful necklace. This one was made of real pearls. For weeks he had brought it to her, waiting for her to be willing to trust his love enough to receive the true pearls. This is how our Heavenly Father is with us. God is waiting for us to give our measly positions up so that we can receive the true gift that God has set in store for those who love Him. He very much wants to give us that gift. But it's up to us. What is truly important? Having that strength to give up, to drop, whatever it is that is holding us back, the stuff that we value more than we do our Heavenly Father. Are we willing to give up that stuff? Laid down at His feet, and trust that He will take care of us. In this 14 months of COVID, the pandemic where the world shut down and many countries still are, if that didn't crystallize in our mind what our priorities ought to be, nothing else will. Those of us who are of the faith, I think it made us stronger in our trust, in our faith of the Lord, in our ability to trust Him, ability to let go of things that we thought we couldn't live without. We had to have it. So the invitation this afternoon is 
if any of you are being weighed down with the Lord, with the stuff that you're carrying, and truly want to attain that real necklace of pearls, which our Heavenly Father so very much wants to give us. Are we prepared to put our implicit trust in Him, put Him first in our lives, and thereby strive to achieve that ultimate prize that He has for us? If that is the case, if you want to take hold of that gift, if you want to confess that Jesus Christ is the Son of God, if you are subject to that gospel call, we invite you to come forward as we sing the invitation song.